and welcome into another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues, the best place to watch the game live and loud, and you can do that on Saturday evening when we take on the Sharkies, and we are also sponsored by MG Pump Solutions. And if you want to give us a follow at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and if you want to support and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. There was definitely uh, a lot of discussion in the Discord today going on. Um, yeah, a lot of obviously somber news today with the passing of Paul Green. So, it, um, yeah, there was uh, a lot of, a lot of um, yeah, devastation and kind of um, reaching out to each other, which was nice to see in the uh the discord as well but um yeah uh okay on that note we've got a big uh big show you'll notice if you're watching on video on the stream there's four of us and uh with uh as rob and i as advertised we've got him back uh i'll go to him first adrian tripper dina welcome back to the west life podcast thanks gents if you can't hear me or anything, just let me know because I'm just watching my service here where I am. So, Okay. But you're in Australia this time. Last time you were joining us from the, the beaches <clears throat> of Mykonos. But, I, was. Um, I was. You're back in Australia now. I'm back in Australia on the Gold Coast. So it's still, it's, it's nice up here, 20 degrees. So Beautiful. And uh, yeah. we'll go to Az. Uh, Aaron, it's definitely not 20 degrees in uh in your room in orange right now you got the uh the m&m <laughs> get up on again the beanie and the hoodie um but um yeah how are you on this thursday evening yeah it's quite the opposite of um 20 degrees here uh, i've just checked my phone we're at about eight at the moment looking to get down to about four overnight so not as cold as it could be but i'm definitely rugged up in here because there's a a nice little bit of frost frost and ice in my room yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing all right tonight, actually. Uh, I'm currently in the process of icing and elevating my ankle because I've managed to do something to it at work, but uh, small change compared to what's going on in the world these days and today in particular. The West Tigers fans are just as injury prone as their players, it seems as. But um, oh, and Yeah, I, I'm in the wars with injuries, I tell you that much. <laughs> It's uh, it's tough work working retail. It's uh, a lot of, lot of strenuous, a lot of strain on the uh, on the ligaments. Uh, Rob Bashara, welcome back to the show. You got the cap on tonight. Yeah, I, yeah, just uh, feeling in a somber <laughs> mood, mate. Not feeling like yeah. leaving the head tonight, but we'll uh, yeah, we'll try and keep things upbeat and keep everyone happy. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in just a second. I'll get through the lower grades first. So both our New South Wales Cup and Jersey Flag this weekend, they're playing at Leichhardt Oval, 12 p.m. for Flag, 2 p.m. for New South Wales Cup. And uh, they are both playing against the Canberra Raiders. So if you can get out on Sunday Arvo and support our boys, especially our flag team who are um, <coughs> playing for a top, top six spot. So uh, get out and support those boys and of course we, we won't um yeah I've, I've been watching fox uh fox league tonight and they've done plenty of nice tributes to paul green who obviously passed away today um yeah just 
devastating news. Obviously, someone so young and uh, judging by the tributes to and just beloved um, amongst the, the rugby league community. And uh, yeah, this photo is kind of how I remember him growing up as a crafty um, yeah, little Sharks player. And then, of course, um, yeah, I suppose most people would know him as the guy who coached the Cowboys to their premiership in uh, 2015. So, yeah, I got an absolute, um, yeah, devastating day for rugby league. And, yeah, just at 49 years of age, it's, um, yeah, absolutely rocked us. And we just want to give a shout out to anyone struggling in the moment, us we like to be uh, an outlet for the footy and uh, stuff that doesn't matter in life. But um, yeah, lifelines there for real, um, real matters and real, um, real issues that you might be going through. So one three one 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 four for lifeline. It was quite nice. Um, one thing that the news today did is um, the the three of us in Aaron, Rob, and I, and Shane as well. Uh, we had a bit of a chat tonight, just kind of checking in on each other and um, making sure and talking about our own struggles. We've, we've all, um, yeah, had our issues and stuff stuff to deal with in life and it was nice to kind of um, vent for um, to each other and kind of tell each other's stories because obviously we talk, we talk a lot of footy, the, uh, the four of us on air, but... Um, yeah, to get a bit of a DNM, and as as blokes, we can kind of struggle with that sometimes. So it was quite, uh, I quite appreciate uh, that from Rob Shane, and as tonight, it's um, yeah, kind of uh, speaking out. So yeah, if you've got any anything going on, um, don't be afraid to reach out. Okay, so back to West Tigers stuff. So obviously, uh, bit of news this week. These two guys up on screen, Brett Naden and Asu Kepaoa, have both extended their contracts with the club. Um, boys, uh, as I'll let you go first, what are your thoughts on uh, a couple of a couple of centres? Well, they should be centres anyway. Uh, a couple of centres re-signing for uh, the West Tigers. A, a centre and a half. And I don't mean a, a half, but like... Half of a center, <laughs> like you said, that's where he should be playing. Um, yeah, I don't mind them. Uh, Kapoa as a depth signing in particular, probably a good one to have. I don't think um, when we're at full strength, I don't think he'll be in our main seventeen, but he'll be good to have have there as depth. Um, if Nofaluma ends up staying with Melbourne um, or returning to Melbourne next season or whatever, then Naden may end up taking his spot on the wing potentially. Uh, but yeah, he he should be a depth uh, signing in the centres as well. Yeah, I I don't mind it. I'm happy to see that we've locked up a couple. Um, I really would like to see the contract signing news about uh, Dwayne, Jacko, yep. and Joffa. I think those are the three main ones we need to be looking at locking up. So hopefully we can we can get around to those those three soon. Don't miss round 22 where the West Tigers and the Cronulla Sharks go head-to-head at Scully Park in Tamworth this Saturday, 13th of August at 5.30pm. And you can experience the action live and loud from the home of West Tigers, West Ashfield, 
West Ashfield offers great dining options. Choose from the Garden Bistro or walk-on for some mouth-watering Asian cuisine. For more information, visit West Ashfield's website, westashfield.com.au or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at West Ashfield. For those who've never been, West Ashfield is the home of West Tigers and you can find them at 115 Liverpool Road, Ashfield. Not Dane? You're still not sold on Dane Laurie? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on Dane. I, I feel like if we do want to stick with a consistent spine, then he probably should be there. Um, and I have a feeling he, he, he will be eventually. Maybe he's just asking for a certain amount of money or... Any, or something like that, but yeah, I'm, I don't know what the situation is there, but yeah, I think I think we'll end up locking him up too. Um, probably would be good for the consistency of the of the spine in particular. I guess is probably the right way to put it. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on this signing? signing yeah, as Aaron said, um, Kapoa is definitely a depth signing. I'm not sure he's you know he's my favourite choice of. First grade centre. Uh, Naden should be playing in the centres. I've said that on, on the socials this week. I actually think he should be right centre as well, not left centre. Um, and for some reason, we've got him on the wing. I think he's the best centre we've got in the club. Uh, look, we've, we're making the easy signings now, which is fine. Um, you know, obviously, everyone wants to see the big boys uh, signed up, and hopefully, we'll get to those shortly. We just can't sign everyone up. You know, <laughs> like you can't sign eight players up in one week. Like it's got to be done a bit at a time. But I'm sure we'll get around to Hastings, Wahey, Laurie, etc. Um, yeah, my thoughts on it, uh, it's all down to money. Obviously, um, I couldn't imagine we're throwing big money and like you guys kind of hit on already. They've locked in a couple of a bit of depth. Um, Naden, when he's been actually on the field, Naden has impressed me. And yeah, like you said, Rob, he's a center, should be playing center. And yeah, um, yeah, you don't want to spend too much money on a semi, but you want to have quite a decent one. And I think Naden, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, should get a starting spot uh, rolling forward. So that that um, yeah, Kepa, I was still young and plenty of uh, plenty of time to grow. So assuming that they're not on big coin, and I'll give the management benefit of the doubt. I doubt that they uh, they're on big coin. So uh, question from Rachel on Facebook, kind of going to lead in this nicely. She asked any updates um, on the PAP from Parramatta. Uh, not since Monday night's show when we talked about it, but uh, Adrian, I'll let, um, let us know because we've kind of talked about it uh, to death, mm. the, the whole Papalihi situation. What are your thoughts on this whole saga with him? Mm. So... Um... And let me know if I'm cutting in and out, just tell me because, yeah, as I said, my, I don't know. If yeah, I'm you sound good. You sound good. Okay. So um, my experience with the club and with Parramatta, and I think I was telling Rob today was, um, so last, like a very close friend of mine used to be the chairman of Parramatta Eels. And um, in 2020, when there was news that Steph, I think it was around the time that Payne Haas, whatever, someone was complaining that they were on low money and Steph was in the same boat and they were talking about whether he, people could approach him come November 1st or whatever. And I could sense that, like, 
I just felt like the club wasn't doing much um, in the sense of of renegotiating Steph's salary because it felt like we had another two years to run on his contract and they almost felt like, well, they were paying him 250 a year or something like that for three years and it was 800 over three years. And even though he was probably worth more than that, they were willing to wait. Um, and so I had heard from, from this person close in power that they were organising quite a, a big package to kind of persuade him to come back. And I reached mm. out to Justin on email, and and I don't know if I've talked about this before or not. No, you haven't. Not. It'll, 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 let, it'll, it'll kind of lean into the pap thing. So I then um, sent Justin an email saying, "Hey, just letting you know, I've got a very close contact at Para. Um, they're preparing a big package. My pin, my advice to you guys is, I think you should front foot it and try and offer him more now." and keep him there and do a renegotiation rather than like November 1 or whenever it is. Because I think the longer it was going, in my opinion, the more people would start talking to him, even before November 1. And the more people talk to someone, the harder it is to keep them, right? And so I almost feel like with Paps, it's the same thing where, again, I've heard from people in para, um, and I'm sure everyone's got a contact and everyone has heard things and everyone's got a rumor and or like full caveats aside. I just know someone there that used to, you know, who was the, the, the chairman there and he's not involved in that role anymore, but he's still close um, to the club and they're very confident that that he's going to stay and the Tigers are going to fold. And I have not reached out to Justin this time because I've just seen the way that things have happened with the club in the last two years and I just, I don't think what I would say would even make a difference um, and so when I sent Justin that email about perhaps getting back to it, he sent my back saying, thanks, mate. And literally, probably two weeks later, they came out in the papers and said, we're starting the renegotiations with Steph at the time. I'm not saying that whatever I sent to Justin was a catalyst for that, but it was very convenient around the time that I sent that email that that it started to happen. Um, and so I just think with the Papalihi thing, I feel like we're sitting back and we're waiting. And if you listen to Lee's uh, radio SEN interview the other day, he said something like, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, right? Um, I don't want anyone jumping down my throat, but he was saying something like, I'm going to take the positive spin here that he isn't saying that he isn't coming. So therefore he is coming. Very mm. general terms there right and so that was his view and then if you listen to benji's comments he was not saying whether he was a hundred percent whether he was so the narrative from all the club and then if you listen to someone who i think it was someone in on fox yesterday or someone who said they spoke to tim sheens and tim said he's definitely coming so but that wasn't put out in the media and so i just feel like my, if I was them, I would be front footing it and saying, he's coming. That's it. The more opportunity you give for someone to question whether the door is open to not come, knowing full well that, and I'm basing this on the assumption that he doesn't want to come because for someone to be 50 50 and put that in the media, even if it's a leak from the Tigers, even popular here the other day, who's 50 50 in his discussions, like, oh, yeah. 
on one hand, he says at the end of an interview, I'm looking forward to being coached by Tim Sheens. On another hand, he says, I'm going to let my manager sort it out. So just the fact that he says that means that there is, like, he's not 100%. And for someone to come out and say that means that they don't want to be there, in my opinion. Or, and so I would always in any situation try and be super paranoid about it and maybe the tiger's strategy is they don't want to come out and say that because they don't want to upset him but i think the longer that they let it go and if he feels and again i'm not close to the negotiation so i have no idea here i'm just looking at it from the lens that we're all looking at it from it just seems like the more that it festers and everyone can blame the media and i just think blaming the media is bullshit because it's just they're just part of the game so just get over it and like that's what you're dealing with it's like complaining about the media is just such a waste of time <laughs> so mm. you're dealing with the media that's that's you know that that's going to happen and so the only way to deal with this is to shut it down and i just don't think the tigers for whatever reason and i don't know what they're thinking internally the board justin and everyone else and tim no one is coming out saying rain hail or shine he's going to be here and he has a contract and being that definitive about it that therefore the kid has knows he has no other option and i think that would then probably stop a lot of people getting in his ear because if you give someone a chance i just think that there's more of a chance that everyone's going to try and persuade him not to come so i don't agree with the strategy um i i i think we're being soft um i'd love to hear the explanation because there obviously is an explanation about why the club is handling it in this manner and like even like the fact that they've let it the door sort of left the jar now you get people in the media saying oh the tigers should just cut and run because um they should want people that want to be there so you're getting all that shit now people mm. you know benji and tim should just want people that want to be there and so now there's going to be pressure on them to be like yeah we only want people who want to be here and he doesn't want to be here so if they don't if he doesn't come now i guarantee the spin from the club will be we want people that want to be here and yep. it's only manifested and materialized in that outcome because they didn't do the thing that they should have done and nipped it in the butt at the start and they're just soft i don't think i think Benji seems like a lovely guy. He might be a great coach, and we can get into the coaching thing about that. But I, I and Tim says that Papali he's going to be there, but Papali he's not saying that he's definitely going to come. So either people are delusional in this club and not reading the room, or he's definitely going to come, and we're all just speculating about the incompetence of what's going on at the moment. And to be honest, I don't know which one it is, but because of the experiences we've all shared as friends and, and fans with this club, I kind of have to head towards the, the, the more pessimist in me, which is that um, they actually just, um, whatever strategically they're thinking here is, um, is, is erring on the side of sort of the incompetent view. Because you can guarantee that if this was Melbourne or this was somebody else, they would just be saying he's coming, bang, done. But hmm. only with the Tigers can something like this happen. It's it's ridiculous. And the fact is that 
Paul he now said it's because of Michael Maguire, right? So you can come up with any excuse you want. It's his girlfriend. He wants to go to New Zealand. Like you're hearing all this stuff now. And again, because they've left the door open, he's going to be looking for any single way that he can try and get out of this contract, right? Compassionate grounds. We've seen that and all that. But, you know, I remember Phil Gould saying that when Michael Maguire was getting sacked, that there's six players or something were going to leave. And and everyone, and, and I remember Tim Sheen coming out and just saying, oh, Tim, you know, Gus is playing games with us because they thought that, you know, it was because that Gus probably didn't want them to sack Madge because they were going to go for Serraldo and we wanted to go for Serraldo and all that sort of shit. But at the end of the day, Papa he comes out and says it's because of Madge. So I would ask the question, did anyone contact Papa Leahy's management or not even contact them? They're all mates. They all talk to each other and just be like, hey, you know, is he cool? Is he okay? Like before they make big moves and maybe they thought they didn't have to because they had a contract. And if that was their thinking, then why haven't they just come out now and basically said, we have a contract and that's it. But they haven't done any of that. So like, I just feel like whenever the Tigers make a decision, I don't understand who is actually assessing the worst case scenario risk mitigation about what could possibly happen and how we're going to deal with it. And it's the same with um, going for the two points with the North Queensland Cowboys coming out so strongly and saying that we're going to fight it, we're going to do this. We're gonna... And like the guy, you know, Lee is a lawyer. Like, you know, I've been involved in litigation and like you only bluff someone that you think you can bluff. And the NRL was never going to give us two points without us having to go to court with it because it would just sent some weird precedent, right? And so, Surely before going and making a big public announcement, right? Because the Tigers obviously thought for whatever reason, and I'm only again guessing strategically because in litigation, it's the biggest bluffer wins some of the time. So they've gone out there, they've beat their chest. We're going to go to the NRL. It's our two points, whatever. Thinking probably that the NRL was going to cave or thinking that they had a strong legal case. Well, the fact is, They've withdrawn. So number one, they didn't have a strong legal case or not as strong as they thought. So why wouldn't they have gone out and actually got that advice before beating their chest? Or second, they thought that they could bluff the NRL into folding and any fucking right person, sorry for swearing, would have said to them, the NRL would not fold on something like this without it going to court. They, 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 they just couldn't. They could not let it happen. They would all want to pass the buck. So... Again, I just think looking at our management to chairman and Lee and and and, and, and I think I don't want to bag anyone, and I know it feels like I am, particularly on a day that we've had this, you know, Paul Green committing suicide. I know Justin and Lee are doing their best, and they're lovely people, and they've always been nice to me. So, I, I you know, I I want to put that out there. Um, but if someone asked me my opinion on how things have been handled, um, I just look at it and say, well, rationally, the, the things that have come out of our club have been decided from some sort of decision making that have gone on internally. And then if you can logically step back and work backwards from that decision, you have to think like, how are they making those decisions? What thought process has gone in? Um, 
like for example, Justin coming out the night before Cameron Toretto said that he wasn't coming to the Tigers. Justin going on National Nine News and saying we've offered him a five-year package. It's very attractive. This is after a month of trying to get him, right? How can someone do that without reading the room? I'm not the CEO of the Tigers, but I'm assuming it's a very close-knit community. Someone must have had a heads up that he wasn't coming, and I just feel like. Whether it's the Papa Leahy thing, whether it's the two points, whether it's the Cameron Serraldo thing, we just don't read the room or we're not coming up with rational decisions. Like, for example, with the two points thing, they should have just, the Tigers, Lee should have just come and said, we, look, it's a shit decision. We're reserving our rights. We're looking at all our legal options and we're going to go have a discussion with Darrell. Then... After backflipping, it wouldn't be so much egg on our face. We've got egg on our face with Cameron Serraldo. We've got egg on our face now with the NRL. The Tigers came out with some PR statement saying, well, everyone knows that we got robbed. Who cares? Like, you've embarrassed yourself by going out and being so strong about the fact that you were, like, going to win, you know, the two points were going to be ours and everything. It's just, it's just, it's, it's embarrassing it's embarrassing for our club it's so embarrassing and i know i i you know that <laughs> i've gone off on a massive tangent on all things but i just um I, I i just feel like they're all intertwined the same thing which is they're doing their best but you know it's like a six-year-old wanting to drive a car you just can't drive a car and i think our management just are not good compared to everybody else. They're just not, they're not good compared to everybody else. And they can say all they want about financial status of the club and the center of excellence and all that. Stuff. Well, that's fantastic. If Justin is that guy, make him the commercial director. I, I, I still can't get over the fact that Justin and Lee say that they have no, um, accountability for the performance of the football team and they put it back on Tim and they put it back on the coach. But at the end of the day, they're the ones appointing Tim. They're the ones that are appointing coach. And, and so ultimately they have some sort of accountability and they just seem to shirk that and say that, no, our job is to make the club financially responsible, to have enough money put into the football department and hands are washed at that point. And so what I would really love for these guys, if they genuinely like the club, and I was talking to Rob about today, is to come out and say, guys, we know we've effed up in the past. Like, show some accountability rather than, than, than painting a big rainbow brush that all of us fans know is bullshit, right? Just be honest and say, we know we've effed up. We've done our best. We've put things in place. You know, we think it's going to take us three years to make the eight, right? Everyone's going to have to cop that and wear that because all they've done is talk about bloody pathway. Justin coming out in the paper and saying it's so great that we now have pathways for our coach. What club has a pathways for their coach without putting their senior coach before their pathways coach? Only the Tigers. So I just feel like if Justin Lee could come out and say, give us two years or give us three years, if we can't make the eight, we'll resign. We will go. Then everyone will go, okay, fine. Give them some time to, to have one last crack at it, right? Then I would think like, okay, fine. At least they're putting their balls on the line. But the way they're talking, they think they're doing a fantastic job. Even the fact that when they sign and re-sign someone like Asu Kapoor, 
you know, and it's made out to be we've signed some young gun center, right? We all know that I wish he was a young gun center and maybe he'll develop into one. But right now he's playing like, I don't know if he'd make any other first grade team, right? So uh, this narrative and PR that the club puts out, I feel is, 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 is offensive to the intelligence of the West Tigers community after everything we've been through. And all it does is try and put them, the management and everyone in, in a better light with what's going on. And I don't know about everyone else, but as you can tell, like, I just, I think that um, it's, it's embarrassing. And I really, I hope, I hope Tim Sheens turns it around. I, I, I think if he cannot turn it around, next year um then i do i know i i i have no idea rob you got anything sorry i'm finished (laughs) (laughs) now people are loving it people are loving it tripper it's just uh, it's a bit crackly um the audio i don't know if you want to switch to 4g or something um on your connection it was like good and then it'd be a bit crackly but i don't know if you can um get a stronger internet connection but other than that it's um People, uh, yeah, absolutely loving it. Anything to add to uh, to that, Rob? Oh, gosh, if I go back to the bubble, there's so much to add. But, look, yeah, I, I agree with everything Tripp is saying. Um, I'm not defending Lee, but in his text to me, he did say that, that he's made some errors. and But, you know, they're trying to be better at it. So I, I get that. I accept what Tripp has said as well, that they're trying their best. But after a lot of years of failure i mean not so much with lee lee's only been there a few years but justin's been there seven i i just don't think it's good enough um on, on isaiah firstly i just want to add trip you made the point that when we sacked madge did anyone have a word to him or his management whatever that possibly could have happened but it might have been it might have gone something like this hey isaiah look we had to get rid of him these are the reasons blah 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 but don't worry we've got cameron okay we've signed we're going to get Sorrell. And then if he finds out Seraldo doesn't want to come to the club, then they, maybe that might have turned him off a bit. So on that point, I definitely agree with you. In terms of the court case, look, in the club's own statement, they said that a lot of fans will be disappointed with the outcome, and, and I'm one of those. Um, I don't think they fought for it like Tigers. I accept the fact that they don't want to burn money. But as Tripper said, I'd actually go further than what Tripper said. I think if we have 90% a chance of making this if 90% of the justice was in our favour, it's still hard to get overturned in court. In terms of a referee's decision, no game has ever been overturned on a referee's decision since 1908. So as Tripper said, they're not going to hand it to us on a silver platter, okay, the NRL. This was always going to need to go to litigation and, and, and go further. And if you believe in the... If you genuinely believe that you've got a right to get those two points... We should afford it. Now, they've come out with statements about ambiguity. And, and look, to the club's credit, they gave a really long, detailed, probably legal response. But where the ambiguity that they're talking about, I don't think it's ambiguous at all. There's actually no written law in black and white about this soft whistle that the NRL are complaining about. And I don't see how we could have lost that argument in court. There's no ambiguity. Like Graham Annesley in his own admission said, it's actually not written there. You know, but this is what we're to assume. No, if we're going to to law, it's about what's in black and white. 
It's about a contract. It's about rules. It's about breaking them or upholding them. So I think we had a right to go to court for those two points. Now, people will say, like, you know, I heard Steve Roach a couple of nights ago, who gives a crap whether we come 16th, 15th or 14th? We're not going to make the semifinals. But to me, it's about making a stand that every game counts and every two points is important. So I, I just I just found it really bizarre that they dropped it straight away, unless the NRL's dangled them a carrot. I mean, this, this comment that they said that they'll involve the West Tigers in uh, discussions about rule changes at the end of the year, well, that should be with every club. I don't think that's any kind of victory myself. So I'm. It, it kind of was like the you know if it was just a, a movie scene. It was like the Tigers went objection, and the judge said overruled, and we said okay. Like you know what I mean? It was just <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a genuine effort. And even if we'd have lost some money, I'll tell you now. Like for two weeks there, I was like, good on these guys. Good on them. They're fighting for us. They're they're, they're fighting for the fans. They're fighting for their members. They're fighting for the team. They're fighting for the coaching staff. They're fighting for all the hard work we put in to win that game and we're not going to get ripped off again. So to me, it it, it became, it's, it was actually like bigger than the two points down. It's because, it was just like a really, it was a big moment for me. I just thought if we could really do this, I'd be so proud of the club. And just to say, look, and I know they've got their reasons for giving it up. I just, and we don't know the details, but I just disagree. You can't say it was ambiguous. There's no written law that sides with what Graham Annesley is saying about how that all panned out in the last seconds of the game. So I think we could have taken it further. Yeah, they probably think it's going to be a distraction. And if it drags on to next year, well, you know, how's it going to look while we're trying to, you know, do well in our 2023 season? The court case is still going and it's going to be a bad look and create a new relationship with the NRL. But as Tripper said, don't beat your chest. Don't say, you know, we're going to look at every avenue and then be prior to him walking, prior to Lee walking into the NRL, Lee actually said to the news cameras, he goes, well, if it doesn't go our way, words to the effect of, if it doesn't go our way, we'll look at taking it further. And clearly they didn't. As as Tripper said, surely they would have had their advice from their QC. And in terms of how much it would cost, the legal cost, well, you know, Brydens can wear some of that, you know what I mean? I don't know. Look, it's just disappointing, guys. It's just it's just disappointing. I, I, just, mm. I just want our leaders to be a lot stronger. And the, the one thing I will say, I know they're trying their best. And sadly, I think they're delusional about how good things are going. I know there's a lot of ups, upside to our club, but in terms of their own performances, I think they're absolutely delusional. But they are trying their best. I'm not going to say they're not trying their best. It's just everyone has a different way of doing things. I just think we rolled over like pussycats. I don't think we fought like West Tigers should should mm. fight for something. Tripper, are you still there? No. He's on, I think he you're might on be mute. There. Yeah. Oh. You're just on mute, Tripper. I'll unmute him. Oh, there he is. Oop, yeah, yeah, I said I was just trying yeah. to move. No, that, sound, that sounds like it's a bit better. Um, okay. Just on just the, the whole uh, two points from the Cowboys saga, um, do you think they saw it as a bit of an opportunity to look a bit better for us fans? Because as Rob said, like, uh, we're... In, us three on this show, like we were impressed by what um, by Lee and Justin actually fighting fighting for justice and that sort of thing. And we were obviously these shows had um, yeah a little um, a little bit of a run in with uh, of <laughs> sorts with with Lee and for um, 
but we, we've always just called out as we saw it. And Rob was himself was impressed with Lee and how how he was handling it until they just rolled over. Do you think it was a little bit of a, a PR bluff from them to kind of make up, give us fans something? Um, yeah, make make them a little bit better to us. I think definitely there was an element of that. I think it's also an element, it seems, with Lee of a bit of ego. Um, I've never met the man, mind you. Um, I think regardless of whatever it was, right, and I don't know what it is and we can all sort of, was it for PR, was it their own self-sense of entitlement, were they really fighting for justice for the players, for doing – I think it was all of that. I think it was all of that. What percentage? I, I have no idea. So I think it was some of all of that. But, like, then you have to think, right, did anyone stop and think about the PR uh, disaster of if they go and beat their chest and then fold like they did? That's my point. We've just – we've had no wins with this club in terms of a PR thing. So they might have thought, we're going to go get a big PR win. But then they rolled over. So even if they thought that they were going to go get a big PR win because us fans would have thought, great, they're championing it, they weren't even thinking, well, what are the fans going to think about if we walk out of there and don't do anything? That's more concerning for me. Is just like no one is thinking about protecting the downside of the club in terms of the PR. Everyone's willing to talk it up and try and get a win, but no one's thinking... Okay, but what happens if we don't get it? How do we actually frame this in a different way? I would have preferred as a fan, it's kind of like if someone comes in and pitches a business to you and says, I've got the best idea and you're never going to lose money. You would never put money into that dude, right? (laughs) I want the guy that comes in and says, I've got a business idea and here's 10 ways that you could lose your money. And I guarantee you that guy is more likely, unless some guy gives stupid money to the other one, of getting money because they're realists. People want to know that you're real. The Tigers should have just come out and said, if they didn't have they didn't have a strong case, obviously, because otherwise they would have pursued it, right? In litigation, you think probability of success versus cost versus PR versus career, right? They should have been thinking, honestly, if the Tiger, if they really thought that their careers were in jeopardy, they probably would have pushed that all the way, knowing that the fans would have appreciated that they actually had a crack. So they don't think that their jobs are, are, are at stake because they just roll over. They don't give a shit. They say, we're going to do this. It doesn't happen. There's no accountability. There's no consequence to anything that they do. I would have preferred if they just come out and said, we've had some legal advice, some strong legal advice. We think we've got a very strong position. We need to go have a chat to the NRL. And then they could have come out of it without looking like they've, they've succumbed and said, we had a very good chat and we heard their side of the story and we didn't think that it was worth you know, risking you know, the, the precious resources of the West Tigers. We could have put it into somewhere else. End of story. Fans would have gone, okay, fair. But... It's it's it just goes to show you the level of commercial competence and and that 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 the people running this club have. Like Gus Gould now apparently is going to land Cameron Serrata. Apparently, I don't know. It's like everyone's saying it's going to happen. He has not said one word about it. 
Or if it has been in the paper, he said, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. We come out and say we're talking to everyone. We come out and tell everyone what we're doing and whatever it is without, without being 99% confident that we're actually going to do it. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Someone coming out and saying, I've, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and constantly failing. That's what we are. And so you can't help when players don't want to come to our club because we look like we can't actually execute on what we say we're going to do. So uh, getting back to your question initially was <laughs> whether you think they were doing it for the fans or not. Mate, I think probably, but they obviously didn't think about what happens when we walk out of here with nothing. And so, mate, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. Well, where, where do we... <laughs> I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, um, where do in your in your advice, where where does does the club go from here? A couple of people have mentioned comments um, about the whole Tedesco saga, which was what? How many years ago yeah. was that? Now five five years five. ago, and you obviously yeah. came yeah. And, came on the show and talked about yeah. it um, yeah. last year. Yeah, like I mean, we've gone through this same management and that sort of thing for that long now. Like, how do you, do you have any faith that? this management can learn from their, the mistakes and turn it around? I think that the management is banking on Tim Sheens being the saviour and that the juniors are going to be the saviour. And and I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know if we've got the best juniors. They tell us that we've got the best juniors. How the hell do I know? As I said on the last podcast, do, right? every – what's that? I was going to say, even if we do, we've got to be able to keep them. But my mm. point is, we've won, what, one Harold Matt's Cup or something like that? I don't know what it is, and we were undefeated. But before that, every team has won a Harold Matt's Cup, right? We did, like we haven't won all of them. So there's a para team that won it. There was a South team that probably won it. You never hear all those clubs saying, we're banking on our 2019 Harold's Matt's team to carry us in two years' time. We are the only club... Um, that says that. So I have no idea, but we seem to be all in because Justin, again, I just go back to the fact that when the big four were leaving and I had a meeting with Justin and Kelly Egan, who was the football director at the time. And I said to them, and again, it was on the back of Mitchell Moses, nearly getting us into the finals without Brooks and Tedesco in the back end of 2019 or whatever it was. And I said, Mitchell Moses is a better player than Luke Brooks. I, I'm sorry, in, in a halfback position. It just seemed to me that. And they both told me categorically, mate, you're dreaming. Luke Brooks is, without Mitchell Moses, he's going to fire. Mitchell Moses is erratic. Mitchell Moses is this. Mitchell Ma Moses doesn't, you know, he he spits it. I said, but he's he's 20, man. He's 20. And I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not, I don't profess to be some league expert, but like those are the guys who are running our club. So I, my advice is, I think, unless Tim Sheens does an amazing job next year, and, and to be honest, I don't know if there's a better option out there than, than, than Tim to guide the club next year, looking at everyone else that's available if we couldn't get Cameron. So we probably landed with someone, you know, used to be the Australian coach. And again, I'm not in legal circles. So, if, but if I was Justin and Lee, I'd be asking people, does Tim have a great reputation? 
Is he the person to lead us? They're thinking that he does. I haven't done that due diligence because I'm not involved in the club intimately. But um, they've obviously put their faith in him, but they obviously put their faith in Michael Maguire. They obviously put their faith. Like, look at the failures we've had. I remember sitting with Justin and asking him, are we going to get Nathan Cleary? He said, 100% yes. I was at the Sharks game. I was in the VIP area with him. And I was sitting and we got belted that day. And it was in the rain. And Marina Go was there. And I asked him, is Nathan Cleary coming to that club? He said, 100%. 100%. And he didn't come. Everyone's got a story about that, whether it was Josh, Josh Addo Carr, whether it was somebody else. We seem to think that we've done things before we've done them. So... I think that, Tim, if, you know, if we come last next year, then I don't know where we go. I think if we can get – if Isaiah Papalihi comes, and I think if we don't make him come, then I, I think, the you know, definitely – and nothing's going to change at the club, but it should. It should. Um, um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, if, if Tim can't – do it next year with Isaiah and 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 Appy. It seems like, and 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 that depends if we lock Jackson Hastings in. That's going to be really interesting to see if like losing Madge was a big big factor in keeping people. Same with Adam. Um, it depends what they do with Luke Brooks. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the next say. I think we'll get a better sense in the next three, four, five months before November 1st or just after that and see if they actually can sign some people and maybe we'll get a better understanding of where the club is going because Tim apparently has told the the journos that, like, things are happening. So I hope that doesn't mean, like, Brett Naden and AJ. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming it means things – now, we, we've gone out and – it's been leaked that we're going for Jace, for, for, for Bateman, right, from, from Wigan. Like, if we don't get him, like, it's another person that we've gone out and, and, and is in the media that we say we're trying to get. Like, I just would like them to land, try and do before they say. Um, mm. But I don't think they're that type of people. I think it's evident in the fact that they went out and did the documentary and Justin was very forward-facing on that documentary. Um, I think it's evident in Lee doing a lot of media. I think they like being. I think they like being in and around the media. Of, and, and I think to Rob's point, they actually um, um, they actually believe that they're doing a good job, which um, just goes to show you that um, if if they were just honest, mate, if they were just honest. People would actually go, fuck it, unless they're being real. Like, but you don't hear about that. So I think you would only know that there's growth in our management when they actually admit publicly that they um, haven't got everything right and that they're putting a clock on themselves to perform like they do with coaches, like they do with players, like they do with everyone else. They should be putting a clock on their heads and fans should be asking for it. Trooper, I've I've said for the last, um, I guess most of this season, that with the amount of cash that we have in the cap uh, for next year, and you kind of hit on it before, just relying on these juniors. In my opinion, there's no reason why they can't flip this and make some signings <clears throat> and make the top eight next year, like with with good decisions. They're going to make good decisions, obviously. Like yeah. you were talking about, maybe we'll win the spoon next year but do you think there's a real possibility 
that we could, like you said, Papa comes, Abby yeah. comes, um, yeah, Jackson, Adam are all uh, happy w- with where they are, and <coughs> it all it all goes to plan. Like surely, mm. surely we should be able to. Other clubs do this. Why can't we flip this off season into becoming a top eight team next year? I think it depends on. Let's say we get. Jackson and Adam to stay and Isaiah and Appy come. Let's assume that. I think it depends on who the halfback is. I think it depends on us getting at least one good centre and possibly, I mean, I think Ken Mamalo's shot in terms of his knee and I don't know what's happening with Noffa, but I would think as a minimum, we need another back rower. We need a halfback if it's not going to be Brooks and I think it should, I think we'd probably need to move on. Um, and I think we need a good center. And I think if we had those three players that came, I think we could definitely be in the, you know, we could be that like, you know, 11th to 7th spot um, again. But I think it depends on, 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 on those three things, halfback, center or central winger and, um, and, uh, and a second rower. And then, yeah, yeah, possibly. As I'll um I'll throw a random one at you. There's rumours this week of a Luke Brooks, uh, for Tyson Brazel swap mm. at the Knights. How would you feel about that one? Oh, well, I don't I, know if I, anyone. Yeah, go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll, 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 I'll let Aaron sorry, have a crack. And I'll yeah, let, yeah. I'll sorry, mate. Go. I thought you were asking. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd like it. I think we. We probably could shore up our uh, back row spots a bit, and Frizz is probably one of the better players available to fill that spot at the moment. However, as much as it would be a good thing, it's hard to see it happening when the club have vehemently denied that Brooks would be going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but honestly, it's getting to the point now where it feels like it's in Brooks's best interest and it's in the club's best interest for him to part ways with the club um, amicably. And just to get some new blood in, give him a bit of a new lease on life at a different team. I think he might actually suit Newcastle and their style of footy up there. Um, so I think it would be a good signing on both sides because it yeah, gives us that back rower that we need, especially if we if we were to lose Papa Lee, um, and gives Newcastle a half that really needs a bit of a sea change. Tripper, why do you think Tim Shane's keeps coming? You, you kind of touched on it before. Why do you think Tim Shane's seems to be the only person in the world that thinks Luke Brooks at this club, um, staying at this club, and possibly extending his contract uh, is a thing? Mate, it's either because <laughs> there's no one else or they see something that we don't or they're delusional, and I don't know what it is. Because just listening to Luke talk as an individual, you can tell that he is a little bit nervy when he talks. He's not someone – he's not a Tom Brady quarterback. Like I would put – you know, as much as people hate Mitchell Moses from the Tigers, he yells and berates and fucking hates losing, and you can see he's yelling at everyone. Um, the same as Jonathan Thurston did, the same as those players that are super, super, super competitive. The only time I've seen it from Luke was when he nailed that field goal um, mm. against Parallel South, right? So you want to play with people like 
you know, Cooper Cronk wasn't that player. Jerome Hughes isn't like that. But I think when you don't have anyone else around, Jackson Hastings seems to be that guy for us now. But mm. I, 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 I just don't. I just think that he's he's a bit quiet, and I, I, I don't know why Tim says it. But just my two cents on Frizzell. If anyone watched the Channel Nine news of the Tigers at the the, night, the game against the Knights, Andrew Johns made a comment, and he's close to Newcastle, and he said. Frizzell plays every week injured and basically needs to get needled up. And he's such a soldier for continuing to play and he should be taking weeks off. So, again, I'm not involved in the recruitment of the club. But if anyone heard that comment, I bet we go and sign him for three years. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's obviously busted. So as much Mm. as he's an amazing player, like, he, he seems like he's busted. So if you get him for one year or two years, but he would not come at our club for, for more than for less than three years, I don't think. Anyway, that's all I'm saying on that. Hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts, Rob, on that situation? Yeah. Guys, I've heard a little bit of mail. Um, I don't think okay. we're letting go of Brooks. I don't think we're going, going to let go of Brooks. So that's number one. And this is a scarier part because we're talking about a swap. I'm hearing we are getting Frizzell. So, and keeping Brooks and keeping Brooks, so I so, don't, and, and that's that's from a couple of different sources now. So I don't want to believe it, but that's what I'm hearing. Any any talk of money for Frizzell? Because that's the big thing. You do, you no. don't want to tie tie up. Like I hope we're not playing paying him Moses and buy money. I, like I, um, despite what Tri- Tripper's saying, there maybe an off season, um, and he's. Yeah, his, his injuries might uh, heal himself. I think he's 30 next year, turns 30 next year. I'm not sure. But, look, you'd hope not, Josh. But, I mean, the guy was playing Origin a year or two ago. So, yeah. you know, he'll come to us on a big tag. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully Newcastle will pay for some of his uh, some of his coin if he's got another year left up there. I'm not, not really sure how it's I all think he's work. got a player option, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, look, if so he... At his best, he's a he's a great player. Like you, you, mm. you take him, but if he's busted, it's a concern. If he signs for two or three years, and you know we signed. I mean, I'm not saying he's in this category, but we signed Chris McQueen, who was an Origin player, and he and he hardly saw first grade, and he was on yeah. like one one point four for three years. So we can't it's be. A, making it's, a, that, it's a Josh Reynolds all over again. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, and this is the thing, though, Tripper. We keep saying, oh, we've we've got to pay extras to get players to our club. I think that mentality's got to change. It really does, and I think. Personally, I'm encouraged by the fact that Benji's coach, simply for that reason, that he should be able to attract more players. So, and and the style of footy we're going to play, having the state of origin hooker there, um, if we get Isaiah, see, that's another thing with Isaiah, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not bagging Lee, but just mixed messages from Lee. He said something to the effect of we're, we're going to contractually welcome him or something next year. But at the same time, he said, but we want to investigate those comments he said. So... That's mixed. Like he, he's actually concerned, obviously, about what's going on. The way I look at the Papali'i thing from Papali'i's point of view, Brad Arthur came out in the news last night and said they'd really like to keep him. We know they've made space for him because they got rid of Nathan Brown, the forward, uh, who's who's gone to Canterbury. And I think Papali'i doesn't want to jeopardise Para's hopes by saying he's coming to the Tigers and vice versa. So I think he's just keeping everything close to his chest. Because if, if, he, if he says, I want to come to the Tigers, well... That might piss power off because power are moving heaven and earth to keep him. So maybe he doesn't have they're... to say I want to stay. He can just say I'm going. They know he signed a contract. 
Mm. You're but saying that, that you're assuming that because, he's, going, because he's, he's not going. saying I'm coming, he's going to annoy his teammates. He's already signed a contract. I, I so they know that, he's coming. But he, he's giving Parra the indication that he's backflipping. So if he tells them now, no, I'm going to the Tigers, well, that could create disharmony in their finals campaign. I'm just throwing that out there, guys. I'm saying that's that's a possibility. It's a real possibility. So maybe he, he is going to come to the Tigers and he's just keeping it hush-hush. Who knows? But I can see where he's coming from. Because if they're moving heaven and earth for him to backflip and then he's backflipped on his backflip, well, then, you know, he's going he's gonna to upset some people. Uh, so I've just okay. pulled up um, Tyson's um, player profile on Zero Tackle. Yeah. He's, so he's, he's under contract this year for 700K. Uh, he's got the player option for next year. And he turns 31 about a week after the grand final. This grand final coming or grand final next year? Yeah, this year. This year. So he'll, he'll be 31, 31 going into... Okay. Yeah. It's... I mean, yeah, 31 is not super... Old. Jimmy Tarmel's 30... Uh, what? About to turn 34. I just turned 34, I think. So he's a couple of years younger than him. But... um. Yeah, I think you can get two. There's definitely two years left in him, but as Tripper said, who knows? We might offer him a um a retirement package and go go three. So um, that's a lot of. I didn't realize he was on so much money, but I guess when he signed that, he would have been playing State of Origin. So it was a pretty pretty marquee signing yeah. for uh the Newcastle. Yeah, he was three years with them, I think. Mm. Three years with the player think, option. I think that'd be about right. I think so. Yeah. Uh. Tripper, we're going to get into um, previewing this week's game. Is there anything um, – I mean, feel free to stick with us, but is, is there anything yeah. else you want to get off your chest before we get in back to uh, – No, boys. I, thanks for having me. I might, I might um, head yeah, off. Yeah, go for but, it. Um, yeah, hope I wasn't too uh, opinionated and painful in my uh, <laughs> discourse, but – Never yeah. mate. Just, Judging uh, by the Tripp, comments, you, you're a you're a hit. Share the same. Tripp, before you go, um, yeah, I've I do have a, a question or two questions yeah. for you and Rob. Uh, yeah. One about the court situation. One about um, Papaliti. Yeah. I'll start with the I'll start with the court one. I'll try and keep it nice and quick for you. Um, do you buy much into the the narrative or the story that the the club wants to keep a, a quote unquote positive relationship with the NRL? And that's a reason why they're not taking it to court, or do you think that's so? Just so, 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 again, <laughs> if I'm going to court with someone, I'm considering everything, and that is just a bullshit excuse that's come out because they would have already thought about that before you go and chest beat. You go, what is the repercussions of me chest beating? Do I want to upset the NRL? What are the implications of me doing that? What happens if I take it to court and I lose? How sure am I? What sort of how how you know you think about you put it you all of this stuff is thought about clearly. So to come out afterwards and say, well, we didn't want to upset the NRL means that they didn't think about it before. Number one, that's one possibility, or number two, they think we're fucking idiots and they think that we'd believe it. Oh, oh, sorry for swearing again. But it just annoys me because it's one or two of those things. They're either idiots or they think we're idiots. And I, I, I don't know which one it is. Could be both. <laughs> Look, they could be idiots for thinking we're idiots, but really we're not, we, we, we know we're not. So, again, yeah, you're right. It could be both. It could what be was both. the other question, As 
So if we were to lose Papali'i but gain um, some sort of compensation from Para plus the signing of a player such like, say, Angus Crichton, would you say we'd be the winner or the loser in that situation? Are we saying that we weren't able to sign Angus Crichton if we had got Isaiah Papali? Because at the moment, it looks like we're going for two second rowers. Mm. So my only thought would be if we could get Angus and also keep Isaiah, I think it's a loss because therefore then we're only talking about financial compensation that's paid to us as a result of not getting him. And I think considering he's the best second round in the world, no, like no. The other thing is, if he thinks he's being undervalued because we're paying him 600 grand, which clearly is less than his market worth, right? He's probably worth 7, 7, 50, 800 to someone. Okay. It's like having a disgruntled employee who's on less money, right? You can either keep him there on less money and, and, and stick to him because you got a contract, or you go to him and you say, you know what? You know, I know your market's seven fifty. We're only paying you seven six hundred, mate. What about we make it seven hundred? You're going to come regardless. But is there a way of actually keeping him? Um, and rather than going, hooray, we got someone cheap for once. Like you got him. Like now, make it work. But I think, I think, I think getting some sort of financial compensation from Parramatta, unless they gave us like a fucking million dollars. But I don't even know how we use that. Because don't we already have money? Like, how does it help us yeah. in the cap? And again, I'm not close to the club, so I don't know what what advantage does any financial re- remuneration give us in relation to not getting the best second rower in the game, arguably, at the moment. None. I don't think there is one. So None. I think it's a complete loss if he does not come to the club. And I'd love Absolutely. to see how they're going to paint this. Hmm. That's all I've got to say. Beautiful. Well, Tripper, yeah, thanks right, heaps guys. for coming on again, man. Absolutely smashed thanks, it. Man. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll Love you, um, buddy. No worries. Talk, talk again soon. All right, boys. Thanks, Heart Tripper. To all the Tigers fans out there. <laughs> 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 you never know. See you, guys. See you, bye. man. Bye, bye, bye. Love it. Love Tripper. That's, uh, that was good fun. Awesome getting him back on. Uh, again, right. We'll get into talking about the uh, the game this week. Um, first up, just a reminder. I've uh, mentioned the last couple of shows uh, at the end of the West Tigers season. Um, I'm going to be running some fitness sessions at Sydney Olympic Park for West Tigers fans. So if you're looking to uh, improve your health and um, train alongside other West Tigers fans, uh, send us a DM or a email at uh, podcast at westlife.com if you're keen on coming along. So it'll be Monday and Thursday nights. So same as the uh, the, po- the usual nights for our show. Um, yeah, 7 o'clock. So if you think you can make it, uh, shoot us a DM and come along for some fun. And I'll see if I can convince uh, Rob here to come have work up a sweat uh, in those as well. Right, on to this week's game. So 5.30 Saturday, we are playing against the uh, Cronulla Sharks in Tamworth. Um, have you boys, either of you boys been to Tamworth or watched the Tigers play? Not me. Yep, I, went to the, I went to the first two we played there. Ah, oh, I was at the first one um, as well as, yeah, when we lost on the buzzer to the Knights. 
Was that yeah, the first there one? was a little bit. Yeah. Of, yeah, there was a little bit of controversy in that one with um, uh, what's his name, Mitch Pierce, going off late in the game. Uh, I forget. I forget exactly what happened, but there was a bit of controversy around that, and we ended up losing that. I think it was mm. like a two-point loss or something. It was a, it was a close one and a bit of a bummer. But then we, we got off to a slow start against the Titans the year after and came back with a very wet sail to end up winning that one. So. We're fifty fifty there, so it's not a terrible record. Probably our best yeah. home ground record we've ever got. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was at the first one. Um, yeah, the the heartbreaker, and uh, got a photo of Ivan Cleary after the game at the uh, the members function back at the uh, the leagues club. So uh, even though I've it was a loss, the members, I've got some pics from the members function after the Titans win. That was that was a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, that would. Um, yeah, it would have been much, um, yeah, higher higher spirits after that one. Uh, our back line this week, so Dane Laurie at fullback, Brent Naden uh, and Stafford Toa on the wings, James Roberts into the first grade side, Asu Kepa Owa uh, in the centres, and halves are uh, same as the last couple of games, so Adam Dwayhe and Jock Madden. Uh, Rob, James Roberts to centre and Stafford Toa on the wing. Um, thoughts on that poor Junior Tupo. Uh, I prefer him on the wing in some capacity, but for some, we literally have. Am I saying this right, Rob? We have a center on the wing. Uh, no, two centers. Our two wingers are centers, and then have we got with three centers in there? What's what's going on with this? Outside back, so we we're just got, running. We've got two centers on both wings this week. We've got we've got two centers in their preferred, like their preferred position is center, and they're both on the wing. But it looks like that's been the case with Naden for a while, which I hope changes next year. Look, I think it's a vote of no confidence um, in Toa because I mean, obviously Toa has been playing right center, and you know Talakai at his best can be you know so damaging, so. They've, they've thrown James Roberts to the wolves. But, you know, as you said, with Junior Tupu, I, I would have at least bought him in as a winger. Um, and if we're talking up this whole club, development club spiel, we're putting mm. a train and trial bloke who's in his, what, late 20s, early 30s in James Roberts instead of blooding the kid that should be getting more experience. So I, I don't get it, but I'm not the coach. And I, like I said, I just, I just think a lot of these selections the last few weeks just are absolutely mind-boggling. They really are, but this this one takes the cake. Like this mm. is the last person I thought they'd bring in, but I, I guess they think he's the best person to be the centre, and, and he might be because I remember when we played the Titans um, early this year, and he had Dave Fafita on that side of the field. He kind of handled Dave Fafita pretty well, so maybe they're thinking Roberts can do a job on Talakai from that point of view. But mm. you know, we we just can't keep you know we can't just keep talking up this youth stuff and then picking the experienced people or the people that aren't going to be there next year or whatever the case may be. So so very shocked by that. On the Sharks side of thing, Cade Dykes at fullback, wingers, uh, Lachlan Miller, Ronaldo, uh, Militalo, uh, centres, Jesse Ramian and uh, CEO Sifa uh, Talakai, as Rob just mentioned. Then in the halves, Braden Trindle uh, and Nico Hines in the halves. Um, as Pretty, uh, pretty potent backline there for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Mulatalo's done a number on us a few times. He was our main uh, tormentor in that 
top eight deciding game at Leichhardt back in 2019, if I recall. Uh, Nico's been really, really bloody good for them um, this year, and we've we've seen how damaging Talakai can be early season when he literally made Morgan Harper his bitch. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of threats in that back line, and young K Dykes, I think he debuted last week and he looked pretty good. So yeah, they're they're potent all all across the back line, and it's going to be very difficult to contain all of them. Rachel asked some. Facebook. We yeah, we did mention earlier in the year, I think Shane might have said it, Rob K. Dykes, the West Tigers were looking at uh at him. Did he re-sign for the Sharks? Is, have you heard anything more about that? Uh no, I haven't, but I I, I think he is staying with the Sharks and mm. the fact that they're playing him there shows that they really want to let him know that he's their second choice because I remember watching uh, Lockie Miller play against the Titans in his debut match, and he had an absolute blinder that night. Um, you know when he when he played. So for them to move him to the wing, I think that's a big vote of confidence for Cade Dykes, who's actually a, as you probably heard on the news, a third generation Shark. Yeah. Um, Bray, Braden Trindle is a very very good player. Like he's a tricky player, but you know it is a big loss for Cronulla not having Matt Moylan there because uh, Moylan's been really fit and he's been really destructive from five eight. So. Hopefully, like Trindle does have an error in him, uh, but he is a very dangerous player. He, he can play. Uh, uh, Dykes, sorry, Dykes has. Yeah. A, I've just seen a week ago. Dykes re-signed with Cronulla for two more years, so he's with yeah. Cronulla I thought I thought I did hear that. Twenty-four now. Uh, Four pack for West Tigers. Jimmy Tarmour, Zane Musgrove, front row. Uh, New Brown at hooker. Safe Arth and Tuilagi in the back rows, and Joe Offengawi has moved back to lock. Rob, the number 13 position has been your uh, bugbear the last few weeks. Uh, we've, again, going with a guy who we think is a front rower, not a lock uh, at 13. What are your thoughts on Joffa going back to When was the last time he played 13? It's got to be... Not, not, not too long ago, maybe three, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. The uh, Eels game, was it? It was uh, hang on. Well, Jacko Jacko debuted. Hang on, not the Penrith game. Who did we play before Penrith? Para, Para. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might have been the Para game or, or the one before that. But um, don't worry. What I think, worry what Benji thinks. Benji sold Joe offering Gowie to his face. You're not a ball playing lock. So yeah. <laughs> you're not a lock forward. So um, look, is that the team we're naming? And we're going to name young Tom to start come game time. I, I'd like to see that. I. No offense to Tom, I, I don't think he's that great, but he bloody tries hard, and he and his numbers were really good last week. And we definitely need a ball player, like otherwise our mm. attack's going to be rubbish again, and and we'll be struggling to score points. So, um, look, it's it's not you know it's probably about as good a pack as we could pick really without the ball playing aspect of it. Mm. Uh, shark side of things: Toby Rudolph and Braden Hamlin, Ueli, uh front row, Blake Braley, Hooker, Britton Nakora. And Wade Graham back rows and Dale Fanukan, not Funakani, uh, is at <laughs> uh, at lock for them. Um, as I'll get the your take on the opposition again. Who in that uh, forward pack scares you? Uh, Rudolph Hamlin, Ueli, and Funakani, as you used to like to call him. Oh. I'm very surprised though to see Braley named because I. Uh, if I'm remembering rightly, wasn't he involved in a bit of a crunch 
uh, tackle last. Oh no, that was a week. That was two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was when, when did that? When did the Sharks play the Bunnies? I think he was uh, stretching yeah. off the field. Yeah, the week before last. When they went away. Yeah, yes. Okay, so that yeah, that makes sense. He's back this week. Never mind. I thought it was a week ago. Um, yeah, their their forward pack is very dangerous. They've they've put in a mountain of work for the Sharks this year. Uh, Rudolph and Hem, Hamlin Ueli have been playing supremely well. It's a big part of the reason why they're uh, top four currently, and how Nico's. Um, ability to play well has come off the back of those guys and then their bench guys as well. So um Finucan's an inspirational player for them. He he keeps just doing what he needs to do. And yeah, like that whole forward pack is the yeah, the reason why Nico's been able to play so well. So they are a very dangerous side. Uh on our bench, so Fanua Pole, Oxen Diaz, Tob Freebarn gets to play his second first grade game. Uh, and Tyrone Peachy. Now, on the, re- the reserves outside um, the 17, Luke Garner, uh, Jakey Simkin, Brennan Tumuth, Junior Tupo, and Justin Matamua. Uh, Rob, will Austin Diaz get any minutes this week? Or is he just going to be riding the bench for 80 minutes, all, uh, all kitted out? He might ride the bench for 80 minutes again because I don't think anyone took Kamali to task over him not playing a minute last week. So I just don't get it, guys. I don't want to repeat myself too much, like I said, mm. Monday. But if you're going to pick someone that's going to have an impact on your team, play him. And if he's not good enough to make an impact, get rid of him. Like, I'd rather I'd rather Peachy started in the in the lock position and have a different backup hooker. Um, but anyway, it's – look, who knows? I, I don't think we've got much hope, to be honest, Uh with that team name, but I, I, I disagree a little bit with Aaron in terms of, I'm, I know Fanukan's like a solid player, but when I see Fanukan there and Wade Graham there, I, I see a couple of dinosaurs, to be honest. So I think they're, they're dangers, they're props in the Cora. Um, but yeah, I, they, they don't really, they're not, they're not going to put points on you, those blokes. So I, I just think their props are the a big thing and, you know, hopefully our forwards can match it with them. Uh as is there anyone in that our reserves that you'd like to see get a go? I wouldn't mind seeing more of Matamua, to be honest. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what position Tumuth plays, but if he keeps being named in the reserves, I feel like late this late the season he should be getting a bit of a run as well. Um, blood him a bit. I I have a feeling the reason why we haven't been seeing uh, Jakey Simkin is because his defense in. New South Wales Cup hasn't been all that great. I've seen some of his missed tackle numbers recently, and I would like to see him back. And I guess it's probably not a terrible idea if they try to play him now, uh, considering that we are completely out of contention for the eight and everything like that. Um, but yeah, if, I guess they're playing the more experienced guys with one or two newbies because they're still trying to avoid the spoon. But at this point, it's kind of like, well, if we get it, we get it. Let's just get some of these young guys more of a run. Uh, Sharks bench, Teague, Wilton, Cameron McGuinness, Aiden Tolman, Andrew Fafita. Talking about a couple of dinosaurs, Rob. There's uh, a few uh, long in the tooth on that bench for the Sharks. Def- def- definitely, but Fafita's still producing. He scored a try mm. against House a couple of weeks ago. Uh, even Tolman got a try a few weeks ago as well, which was a bit of a shock because he hardly ever scores. 
Um, McInnes is getting back to some of his old form, and, and Wilton's even scoring tries off the bench. So, look, they've got enough there to, you know, make it a solid uh, solid tip. I oh, don't go to Rob Stradamus, mate. I was none out of three last week. <laughs> <laughs> the the fans want it. Brockers, Brockers already calling for it. He knew it was oh, coming. He, he, won't, he, won't, he won't like my prediction this week, mate. He will not like my prediction. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be taking Cronulla the win. Uh, as Aaron said, Mulatalo will score. Probably uh, Talakai will score. And I dare say I'd go Nakora. Nakora runs some really good lines. So I'd probably go those three three try scorers. And if you want to get super funky, have Mulatalo down for a double. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not really holding much hope. I don't really like giving multis that don't involve the Tigers winning. But, hmm. um, yeah, I, I need to see something after last week. That was awful last week. I'm sure there'll be a bit of a bounce-back factor, but... I don't know if we've got enough class there and a, and a strong enough bench to push Cronulla. We're paying four dollars fifty, about a dollar twenty for the Sharks. Twelve and a half start, Rob. Can we keep it within one to twelve? I, I don't think so. No, I'd, I'd be going Cronulla thirteen plus. There is a bit of rain um, around. In yeah. Okay. Well, they, well, the rain's always a leveler, but still, I, I just look back to our team and where are we going to get our points from. That, mm. yeah, we don't have that if we're not playing that expansive game having a ball playing lock it just comes down to individual efforts like a, a you know a bomb or you know Dwayne from the scrum or something like that so uh yeah i'd really like to see the ball playing lock and you know i'm actually a little bit disappointed that you know sheens isn't getting more involved one way or the other like put it this way if sheens is getting involved in the selections he's doing a crappy job and if he's not getting involved in the selections he should be getting involved with the selections because it's his team next year so either way, I'm I'm putting a bit of heat on Sheens for this. As what are your? Let us know in the comments too what uh, what you guys are picking for uh, for this one. But as are we any? Is there any chance in my tipping comps where I've got to pick a margin for every game? I've gone the Sharks by sixteen. Unfortunately, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be particularly close either. Um, I'd probably be looking at a score line of. Um, maybe 26 to 10, I think. We've got maybe a couple tries in us. I'm not sure who they'd come from. Maybe Brent Naden, if he can hold on to the ball this time, might score one, maybe two. But um, yeah, I I think the Sharks' middle is way too strong and our our backs just aren't going to be able to match it with their backs. So I think, I think, yeah, I think we might be in for it a little bit, unfortunately. I'd like to see us win, but... Um, yeah, Sharky's by about 16 for, for me. Uh, Rob, any, any Tigers try? Who's most likely to score for us? Is there a, a roughie? I wouldn't mind. If it's wet, maybe a new brown might be worth. Possibly a new brown from dummy half. I mean, I know we say it almost every week, but I'd probably say Naden, and simply for the fact that he's on a guy who's played a lot of his New South Wales Cup at fullback, and really his first game was on the right wing last week. So... If he's going to be caught out of position a little bit on on the wing on the right wing, I'd say your left our left wing is the best chance. So, if Naden is left winger this week, as as we expect him to be, I'd, I'd say Naden's our best chance. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, I just we say this every week, and it's it's probably getting a bit uh, depressing. But I just hope the boys just yeah turn up and um, rip in and. Yeah, it might be a slugfest if, um, if the weather reports or anything to go by. So, uh, yeah, will it? Will they 
put the uh, the bodies on the line and yeah, ha- have a good crack at it. But um, yeah, I'm not uh, not looking forward to the result. But you never know; they shocked us in North Queensland and uh, Brisbane. So, uh, well, we'll review this game either way on Monday night. Big thanks again to Tipper for uh, coming on the show tonight, dropping a few uh, few rants. For us and boys, thank you for spending your Thursday evening uh, on a night. Um, the Panthers lost, so at least, um, at least there's that to uh, go into the weekend. And Noffa scored a try, boys. David Noffaluma in for the third try tonight. Good on you, just Noffa. As we, just as we were going live as well. Correct. I, Correct. I did notice that. Right, uh, everyone in the chat, you know how we finish each and every episode and good luck to the boys out in Tamworth and a safe drive to anyone heading uh, out there and enjoy your time in the uh, home of country music. Uh, what's, what's your favorite country music song, Rob? My favorite country music song? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably thank God I'm a country boy by John Denver. There we go. Oh, John Denver. Beautiful. Denver, Colorado. What a way to finish. Uh, I, I haven't got a clue about, I oh, know Shania Twain. Uh, that's the closest to country music. On that note. Hey, Josh, that song used to come up every year when I was about 17, 18. We used to go to Central Coast Leagues Club every New Year's Eve while we were up yeah. there, and they and they play that song right on New Year's, uh, right on the stroke of New Year. Yeah, so it's, always, it's always got fond memories for me. Yeah, plenty of animals at Key Largo, apparently, back in the day. Uh, righto, guys, as always, have a great weekend and go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. You're listening to another episode of the West Life Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by West Ashfield Leagues Club and as well as MG Pump Solutions. If you could please subscribe if you'd love to hear us again. We're going to have episodes every twice a week, every week this season, Mondays and Thursdays. So we're going to, as the season rolls in, uh, be sure to catch us every week. And if you can, give us a like on the socials, so at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, search for Westlife Podcast on Facebook. And if you'd like to take part in the show, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. It's just a couple of bucks a month to help grow the show. We'll see you again next time on the Westlife Podcast.